Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 164. All week, we have been looking at the story of God. Galatians 4.4 says, In the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, that He might redeem us from under the law, and that He might grant us, give us, grace us the position of adoption as sons of God into the family of God. And so God, during the great 400 silent years, as historians and philosophers and theologians call the 400 years between the closing of the Old Testament canon and the last voice from God, the last prophetic voice, the prophet Malachi, to the time when the angel Gabriel would speak to Zechariah while serving as a priest in the temple, That's right, the Zacharias, Zacharias, who was the father, the aged father of John, who would be called the baptizer, the one who immersed the Son of God to fulfill all righteousness sometime in the future. His name would be called John, the baptizer, who would one day baptize the Son of God himself. Yes, God was preparing the entire world for the coming of the Son of God, for the coming of Jesus the Messiah during those silent years. Again, I want to remind you at the end of the week what I said to you earlier. We must never mistake what seems to be God's silence and the lacking of a prophetic voice anywhere in history for inactivity. God is always moving. God is always going somewhere. God has the world and everyone in it in his hand. And God has history in his hand. He started history. He will end history because history is his story. And he was preparing the world for the coming of Jesus. And so he did that through the Babylonians and through the Persians by establishing the synagogue system, the Beit Knesset, the houses of assembly everywhere in the world. Everywhere the Jews were scattered in the diaspora, they were in exile. Anywhere they were, they started what would later be called synagogues. And then Alexander rose to power in the great Greek empire. And he took his language, his philosophy, his culture, the arts, the theater. And everywhere he went, that language went with him. And it became the trade language of the ancient Greco-Roman world. So God had houses of worship. Already the gospel was being prepared to go to the Jew first and then to the non-Jew, the Gentile, the Goim. And so God was preparing the world through these empires and little did they know they were pawns in God's hands to get the time and the world 
and the cities and the nations ready for God's messengers who would preach the gospel of the Son of God. And so I've been telling you all week about how God prepared through the empires, the places of worship, the roads that they would travel on, the language they would speak and how everything was falling in place. There was the Pax Romana. There was the Peace of Rome. There were preaching stations everywhere. And now the stage was set. Now, I told you about Augustus and his great palace, and Augustus and his great armies. Well, what you and I must realize is that no nation, no government, has any money of its own. You see, governments only have money because they extract it from their citizens through taxes and fees and other means. And so, indeed, that was the case. You had Roman legions stationed all over the world. The building projects of Rome were all over the earth. There were aqueducts that were being built everywhere at great cost. There were slaves, four out of every five people you would meet on the streets of Rome, of Ephesus, yes, of Jerusalem, would have been slaves. And so even with all the slave labor, they still had to feed these people. And the Roman armies and legions, they cost what would have been billions of dollars to maintain in today's money. And so the government had to continue to tax people. And so Augustus went to the Senate and said, we have a vast empire. With that empire, we have great responsibilities. We need to know where the people are and who they are because we've conquered all these people, but we need to get taxes from them. And so the Senate, of course, acquiesced to what he wanted to do, and so he needed to take a census. Remember, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son. When everything was just right, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. There had to be a census. And Luke makes a historical note that this taxing was first made while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be taxed everyone to his ancestral homeland, unto his ancestral city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, the Roman province of the Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the Roman province of Judea, to the city of David. Why? Because David was in his ancestry. And he went to the town called Bethlehem. He went there because that was his ancestral city. He went to be registered. He went to be taxed with Mary, his espoused, his betrothed wife, who was great with child, who was ready to have a child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, an interesting side note is that while this was taking place, there were shepherds in the same country living in the fields. That is, they were out in the fields watching over their flocks by night. Why would they be doing that? Because they were Levitical shepherds. They were out there taking care of those rams and lambs and sheep and herds and cattle and flocks of sheep and goats. 
Why? Because they would one day be sacrificed. The lambs would be sacrificed the next Passover. You say, well, what are you talking about? Well, the shepherds were really only in the fields one time a year, and that is during lambing season. The lambing season was in the spring of the year, in the month of Nisan. It would last for about two weeks from the first of Nisan through Passover. During that early spring, when grass would be green, the ewes would have been bred so that they would have delivered during this time when the lambs would be born. Because they were for temple sacrifice, and they would have belonged to the priests so that they could sell them to the people that come from all over the earth on those Roman roads, speaking the Greek language, so they could come and go into the temple and pay so that they could have a lamb without blemish and without spot that they could offer. And so those shepherds would be out there in the field. And as soon as a lamb was born, they would run and grab the lamb and they would wrap it up in cloths called swaddling clothes or cloths because when a lamb is newly born, it is susceptible to all kinds of danger. If it's going to break a leg, it's probably going to do it then. If it's going to be harmed, it's going to be during that time. And so they would wrap it up and watch over it. Then they would let it go when swaddling time was over. And so the way they knew that a sacrificial lamb had come is when they would give birth and they would swaddle it. And so the sign was given to the shepherds. Now listen to it. While these shepherds were watching over their flock by night, behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David. Remember, they were in the fields around Bethlehem, which was the city of David. And this one that is born this day in the city of David is the Savior, the one that has been promised. He is the Messiah, the Christos. And this is the sign. What was a sign? Why would the shepherds have to be given a sign? Remember, they were looking for the coming of the Messiah themselves. They were taking care of sacrificial lambs. If it was going to be the Messiah, it was going to have to be one that was without blemish and without spot. It would be the sacrificial lamb, as Isaiah, the prophet, said, up until after the time of Jesus. All you have to do is read rabbinical literature, and you'll see that up until the time of Jesus, the Jews took Isaiah 53 as a messianic prophecy about a Messiah, not the nation of Israel, but one from the nation of Israel. It was only after the time of Jesus that they began to reinterpret this because they needed to to explain away how Jesus fulfilled Isaiah 53 down to the letter. And so the sign was that the sacrificial lamb would be born, that it would be wrapped in swaddling clothes. And so what did the angels say? This will be a sign unto you. You'll find the babe. And just like you wrap up these sacrificial lambs, so Mary's going to wrap up the sacrificial lamb that will not just be sacrificed for a day when Messiah will come. 
This is the Lamb of God. He's the fulfillment of all the prophecies. And as soon as they were out of sight, the scripture says that they looked at one another, those shepherds did, and said, Come, let us go with haste. Let's go quickly to Bethlehem and see if it's so. And sure enough, they came and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, just like they had said. And they went out and told everyone, The Lamb has been born. Not the lambs that we're taking care of, but the lamb that God himself prepared the world for. And in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that you and I may receive redemption and the adoption as sons and daughters of the living God. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.